Hello and welcome to another edition of the QPR podcast. Open all ours. I'm joined by Kevin McSweeney. Long time no see. You keeping well? Yeah, good. Thanks, Finney. Yeah. yeah. Please, thanks for coming. You're welcome. You picked up the phone and said, yes, I'll be there. Everyone else is screaming, no, no. <laughs> Another one that picked up the phone stupidly and said, yes, Joe Hilton, ex-cab driver. Good evening, good evening. Good what are you doing with yourself these days? You're not you not, in front of me in the city. Lot. doing two five-mile runs a week. That's, That's trying, good. Trying to keep fit. You don't remember cutting me up, do you, that time? <laughs> it wasn't me. It was you, because I texted you. No one can miss that well, one. I haven't seen you for ages, Paul. Not since Saturday evening after yeah. the Norwich game. Yeah, well, we, we, well you, your wife was saying that we should um, we, we, <laughs> Brexit Norwich and send them away, because they're Australians or something like that. They're trying to settle the Norwich fans. No, we were standing in the road, you, me, Cindy, yep. and Kath. And we were standing in the road behind the home end where it had been closed. And we were having a nice little chat with thousands of yellow and green people, scarves, Budgies. flags, all going round us. But they just kept on looking and Kath got the right hump and shouted, Stop staring! What are you? Have you been raised by goats? <laughs> And we weren't causing an obstruction or anything. We were just standing there. But wasn't it strange? I think they thought we were our defence. After the game, the, the silence of those Norwich fans walking down the street. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, the, they, just, they just thrashed us 4-0. You'd and, be thinking to be singing like a canary, wouldn't you? But anyway. That, That's the last one I'm doing. Yeah. No more. He's here all week. I'm not. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. Right, we've also got Ross Norville. Evening. Nor- Norville. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've been haven't been on for a while, have you? About a year. There's a while. <clears throat> I'll come for the fun times. How's the win? Yeah, he's not too bad. Has he got into the Rangers? Yeah, oh yeah, got a nice video of him. Full of yeah, got a nice video of him. Just been sent a nice video of him saying QPR are good, Fulham are rubbish. Excellent. Nice for a three-year-old. I Training would say well. Looking forward to the Fulham next season, but we'll leave that on hold. Yep. Um, okay. The beers have been brought by Will Porter. Thank you very much, Will. It's much appreciated, and. Um, Anyone who does anything for this podcast is more than appreciated. Even if you just listen, it doesn't matter. Right, I'm going to start with Joe, because you were there Saturday, and I'm thinking you need to have a rant, and I'm here all week for therapy. Well, I've calmed down now. No, it's a freaking point then. I've calmed down, mate. You know, it's Saturday. Even Saturday, I can't get angry anymore. It's, it's pitiful watching QBR, basically. And everyone's feeling it. And Saturday, everyone saw it. Absolutely mm. every Rangers supporter saw it because it was on Sky Live. It was a 12.30 kickoff, And it was just abysmal. You know, I, I can't get angry anymore, Paul. Uh, you know, it's... The, the, there's no point because y- you, you watch the team play and it's so frustrating. They invite the opposition on from the first ball. Joe kicks it out. He's always looking for Pavel on the right or Darnell on the right. It's the same thing. After two minutes, the opposition knows exactly what's going to happen from a goal kick. And I, I just can't get angry anymore. I, you know, I was pretty angry after the third goal because that just seemed to me like total surrender and capitulation in a very, very negative way. 
Um, and we didn't get a shot again, did we? We just, we just. I mean, you get. Well, we had two. We had two. We had two attempts. I think in the first half, Angel on the left okay. had a shot that Tim Krull got down to, and in the second half, I think Darnell had a header, but I was losing. Yeah, yeah, he had to Fulham had a header down. He yeah, Krull nearly assisted it in. Yeah, yeah, but. I, I'd lost, I'd lost complete interest. But the keeper didn't have to work, is what I mean. No, no. I mean, even when the lad got sent off, I mean, really, um, uh, Daniel Farker could have taken Krull off and just had ten outfield players, brought someone else on, and Mm. had ten outfield players. I mean, it, it was, it's, it's really, really sad. I mean, we've all seen, we've all seen um, games where Rangers don't turn up. But this is this is a, this is a different league now. Sometimes I wish they hadn't turned up. Kevin, what did you think, Saudi? I thought Joe's hit the nail on the head from the start. The point was Norwich knew just to come out quick and be positive and and just attack us when we had the ball, just make life difficult. And they, and it showed that any weight of pressure on us, we've turned a bit porcelain. Mm. Good point. Hmm. You know, a bit like you know, Amon, how Troy used to be. You when he was injured, you'd think, oh, he's, he's like Poison. Anything gets to him. But we have turned that way, and in some ways, then the third goal really sums it up because it mm. was so soft. It was embarrassingly soft. Do you know something for me? I don't know if you, you just see the game. Or Didn't see the game. Refused to watch any highlights. Mm. Like Joe, I just can't be asked. Well. To be perfect, you just get to that point. Of on Saturday, he was away for the weekend. It was like the football's on. So, so, and then my dad, I was getting in, my dad was watching it on the telly. And I got a text from my mum saying, your dad's had enough, he's turned it off, he's gone to the garage, swearing and crashing and banging. Which, for my dad, as my dad doesn't get angry. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who gets angry, and my dad's getting angry. Mm. And you're just sitting there going, what is the point? It's sad when it gets like that. I mean, I've never ever felt like never going to the Rangers. You know that, Joe. You're always mm. there. I'm always there. You will always, all of us will always be there. Yeah. But it's when they first go away on Saturday, the way support, you can see if you're getting off the chair and thinking about it. That's only the first 10 minutes of the game. They're actually thinking about going. They've come all that way. Well, it was about 30 lads walked out yeah. when, that, when that goal but went in. There's an awful lot more with shuffling, Joe, yeah. and thinking, yeah. Do you know what? I could, you know, just bugger off here yeah, because I knew it was coming. Because when the, and then when the second goal went in, there was quite a few left. But but the, but our our, football, our football club is in such a mess. It really is in such a mess. But who do we blame? Well, for me, there's only one person you can blame. And it's Tony Fernandez. I'm not going to I'm not going to slag him off. But it it it, it all come, everything comes from the top. If you want consistency, it comes from the top. And the only time we've had consistency in the past. Really was Am- was when Amit was in charge. Now he's just a figurehead at the moment. Mm. I don't exactly know anyone who knows what's actually happening with QPR in respect of the ownership. If you look on, if you Google Queens Park Rangers on on, um, on and Google it, it comes up Tune Group. Yeah, yeah, which is Ruben and obviously yeah. which is their yeah holding company, whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, but um. If you think back now, um, since 2009, there have been 20 people in the manager's position at QPR. 20. Mm. When you think of this lot round the corner, Arsenal, there was only Arsene Wenger. We've had 20. John Eustace makes it 20. From 2009, that was Paolo Sousa. Then, all right, there have been a couple in between that have been in there for a day, like Gareth Ainsworth and 
Birch, Steve Gallen, etc. You know, Paul Hart was in there for five minutes. But 20, you can't get any consistency with any football club changing the man who picks the team, does the transfers. It, it, it doesn't add up and it's, getting from, it's going from worse to worse. We need consistency and there's no consistency at QPR. And it shows now what we've seen, Bolton, Rotherham, you know, th- th- that was crap. That was absolute crap. We, we should have got at least a, at a point, but under Warnock, we would have, we'd have smashed them to pieces. No, they but been. they were both better than us. Well, they, we were, they, were both, they gained confidence against us. They, yeah, no, they were both better than us. I, think, I, wonder, I wonder if the, thinking back, when we had the more continental model with Don Howe, I wonder mm. if it gets to the point of, and this is where the McLaren failure of the system came in, the manager no longer has a say in the players. Is that what we need? Well, I think to be I understand the structure, and as I said last week, I was wrong when we had. If you have a director of football, we have. That's what you. But do you need a director of football in the championship? Probably not. But do you need a technical director? If you're not going to allow a manager, we've allowed a manager this year to spend money on loan players that we didn't really want to go down that path. But he felt the youngsters weren't good enough. Yes, Mm. but then he was given a clear. He refused players in the summer that they were were suggesting. Mm. So all I'm saying is, in our predicament with our budget, should we be going down the model that is we choose the players for you, and you work with those? My my issue is that since we got relegated with the parachute money, now it's a myth to say that we haven't spent money. We have like you know, Silla was expensive, Luongo was expensive, um, Ben Ben Gladwin. Yeah, well. Ben Gladwin and Longo was Ben Gladwin's feet was Longo's yeah. feet because we didn't want to play Tottenham. That was basically how they got around that one, I think. No evidence to say it, but there's no way he but, won 3.5 no. million. But, um, yes, Bidwell. Bidwell was, was expensive. Uh, Matt Smith cost money. Sean Gorse cost money. Um, there was a Polish midfielder. Yeah, I can't um, his name. Boris Shuk. Yeah, yeah, he cost money. About a million quid. Yeah, so we've absolutely destroyed the parachute money and we've got nothing to show for it. The only one that's still you could probably get money back on is Luongo when he turns up and, and plays as, to his ability. What, how much you get from, I don't know. You, Freeman, you definitely triple your money on, but as games go by and his confidence gets lower and lower, so will his market value. Basically, we're destroying players, and that's what I don't really yeah. understand. And, and that gets me like all these coaches, all these managers, they can't all be bad. We're, we're doing something no, wrong. No, no, definitely, definitely not. I'm not blaming Les, I'm not yeah. blaming Ramsey, I'm blaming I don't know what it is. Is a club curse? Do we need to go to the four quarters? Of no, as, I, said, I, I, as I said earlier, it, uh, for me, the blame's lies solely on the shoulders of but Tony Fernandez. He's not your, your, your typical club killer. He's not. I don't, this is my opinion, I don't know, it's not the Pod's opinion, I have to say it, because someone pulled me up last week and I said something, said, oh, is that the Pod's opinion or Paul's? No, everything I said in this podcast is my opinion, and everything I tweet is my opinion, and everything I spell badly is my bad spelling, and I don't even tw- tweet from the uh, podcast, because they won't even give me the passwords, so that's all mine. Anyway, had to clear that up, sorry, um, is that he is not a club killer in the sense that he will come in, destroy your club, make loads of money and go. Um, it doesn't seem that way, but maybe there's something else that he's doing very, very, very wrong. Because if they are in it for the money, they did it the wrong way. They spent half a billion quid or whatever it is, and we're not going anywhere. But they've managed it. If they at that key points, they've managed it badly. Yeah, agreed. Um, so agreed. from the point of view, mm. being, so being honest, uh, he's naive. 
Yeah. He's, not, he's, he's absolutely naive. Yeah. And what you say, Ross, right, he, um, he's a very educated man. He, he hasn't got to the position that he's got to in life by, by, messing, by messing about. But he's taken a chance with Queen's Park Rangers. And the fact of the matter is, I liken him to a six-year-old child in a sweet shop with, you give that child £200, £100 in each pocket, lock him in a sweet shop, the kid looks round and thinks, well, I don't need this for a start, throws the £200 out of his pocket, gorges himself on sweets, fills his pocket up with sweets, you go back in half an hour, open the door, let him out, how the fuck does he get home? Got no money, it's all locked in now. And that is Tony Fernandes. He's just spunked his money. That was sponsored by the British Dental Association. Yeah. But, that run. But, no, but, but the point yeah. is that look, there was no thought to we had to live within li- live within our means in the Premiership to have money for later. There was the, probably the worst. De- oh, I always think the worst decision was not moving Redknapp on on the day after we were in the playoff final because he was going to retire. It get, would have given you a fresh start, and we spent a lot of money on players that were a bit suspect in that season. But that was. My my take on that was that Amit was very close to Redknapp's and Amit was kind of like, do you know what, he's done, he's done what he said he'd do, he's took us up and they, he kind of talked Fernandes out of it. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't think Fernandes probably would have sacked him anyway because... No, but it was the right time to move him yeah, on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was the way. It was the right time to move him on and to reset... It gave us a chance that many teams don't get to reset the clock and go, right, now we're going to live with this type of budget you know, for I the w- future. Do you know what I wonder as well? And I'll be honest with you, I just wonder sometimes, was Tony and especially and the board sitting there with someone like in front of Mark Hughes in front of going, it's Mark Hughes in front of us. He wants to manage our football club. Yeah. Rather than actually looking at his Mark Hughes right for QPR, I'm starst- I always get the impression of being starstruck. And that's never a good thing because you've got to use your business sense, you've got to use your head, you can't use your younger self going Mark Hughes is her because I didn't like Mark Hughes no QPR fans like Mark Hughes and the QPR or Mark Hughes was never going to work because his arrogance is too big for the building yeah but the difference was, the difference between running a football club and running a business like a record company or an airline is that the interference from outside sources for a record company and an airline mm. is a lot less than what you get at a football club football club you've got agents who, well, was, it, was it last week? They released the figures for the Premier League. It was like £230 million spent on agents' fees. That is just from the clubs to the agents. There are hundreds and hundreds of agents. There are people who... And they've got influence. And reading... Was it last... No, listening to something last week, they were talking about... Um, when we got promoted under Redknapp, QPR wanted Alex from The Scum. No, that was uh, Warnock. That's Warnock. what led to Warnock losing his job. He wanted him, and then, but his agent was... Keir Tarabton. Yeah, was him. And all of a sudden, we then signed half of his black book, didn't we? With yeah, but, but that, that went on before nah. certain agents. That was uh, Mike was the first uh, one. No, but uh, if you look at... Was it base? Basically, oh, Palladini, yeah. Yeah. We, there was a lot of players we but signed from one agent s- that time. scary thing is, is that Wolves... Have got the Portuguese agent linked with them. Yeah, Jose Mendes. Yeah, who is giving them players and they're successful. It's getting better players. Yeah. yeah. We were basically, they, they've shopped at Tesco's 
and we've been shopping at Lidl. I don't understand. Yeah. We weren't even doing that. We're paying. I mean, you think about it. We had Green, who's just come back from the World Cup. I keep saying this, but it's true. And Julius says, "Oh, and it's like not even the top five clubs had two World Cup goalkeepers on the books. It was just insane to think." And, and that was you <laughs> come in. And he was like, "Get this one, get that one." And it's almost like, "Yep, yep, 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 we'll do that." And then, and even the fact we're suffering from FFP, yeah, it is our own fault. We massively overspent, and we should have done. The club saying, right, we've got to cut a cloth accordingly. We absolutely wasted that um, parachute money. I know, but I and think... that's such a crying shit. And I even the loans, sorry, the loans have come out how much Wells yeah. and Hemed are on, and I think it's made people's work just t- double Yeah, t- but no, but those probably are their contracted wages. That doesn't show what percentage of the wage we're paying. We're paying a lot. No, but we, no one knows, it's conjecture, because no one knows what we're actually paying. Now, I'm not disputing, we mm. might be paying 30 40%. What? Lots. But it's still it it's still a lot of it's we'll still a lot of money. I think it's now the point is how we mo- how they move on to live within the new structure we've got of going down to seven million to going down to about seven or eight million a year in between the consolidation payments and the loyalty payments and the payments for be, the championship. Millions and millions and millions. It's going to be a lot. But it's that it's how they now go forward under that model and what size of squad you have and how many of the pistachio army are no longer there but then that was Les's point of from my understanding of getting the youngsters getting them ready for two years so when this did happen we could get the youngsters coming in but it's so hard the championship is such a hard league you know look at Lumley when he started the season he was, he was flying you look at him Saturday and you just felt for the guy you know he, he's dreaming it's the same with Eze. Yeah, but they're still very young in terms of total yeah. games. And people have, got, people have got to understand that, that if you've only played 60, 70 games, you're still a very young footballer. Although, they're, they're, although SA's played, a, compared to a lot of 20 year, uh, 21-year-olds, has played quite a lot of games, you're still very young and people need that patience. But it does, it does, it does mean that they're going to have rocky periods where they... He's a very uh, Eberichi Ezi is a very talented young man, and then some. Sorry, and then some. He's a great player. Could be a great player. Yeah, and I, I, I really don't like hearing Rangers fans saying that he's lazy. What I would say is he's got a lack of concentration, and he get he gets captured by midfield players far too easy. Well, they pack them out, don't they? Yeah, but the thing is as well, it's when we had that good spell, October to Christmas, Eze was playing in the final third. Yes, he was. That since Christmas, he's been playing on the halfway line. And out on the wing. Yeah, mm. and it's like, no, push him 10 yards further mm. forward. Mm. Give him room. That's why you've got Luongo and you've got the Scowans. Let them do the dirty work, like we used to do with Tarat. I think you yeah. get the ball, you go stand up there. Give the ball to him, let him do his stuff because he can do it. I remember when I remember when um, uh, Newcastle bought Les, and Keegan came on the telly and he was talking about Les Ferdinand and he said, "I don't pay Les Ferdinand to go out on the wings and drop back to the halfway line. I pay him to stand up there in front of the box. That's where that's where he works. I've got people that I pay to go out on the wings." Yeah, I, I think the point about Eze is what people have to understand about different players. Uh, everybody's got a different style of movement. Mm. And Eze com- makes ground very comfortably in a l- laconic style that to some people would consider slow and lazy. And mm. it's not. It's his natural form of movement. And I think that gets missed. I'll tell you what, I remember last season when, when um, 
Ebry came on against Wolves at Wolves. And he came on and he sort of strolled on as if he was saying, oh, I wonder what time it is now. And then he sort of stood there and scratched his head and I wonder what mum's cooking for tea this evening. And then all of a sudden the ball went to him and bang, mm. he just went. It was 20 minutes into the first half and he just went. And I was talking to Wolves supporters afterwards and they were r- absolutely raving about him as we walked back to the car park. Who's that little black kid that you, had, that you brought on? And I was saying, oh, I'd love to have him. He's brilliant. And he is. He's quality. He's absolute quality, but he needs to be... Uh, he, he's wearing a number 10 shirt, and the number 10 shirt special at QPR, we all know that. And it's like he's got to live up to wearing that number 10 shirt. I don't think he has to. I just think he needs to be, he needs to be nurtured in the right way. And it, the bad side of his game, as I said earlier, is his lack of concentration. He just gets captured. I think the trouble is, my opinion of it is, or you think of or Ross or, or Joe as well, when he was on lawn, we, we played in the highlights from Wickham, mm. and people are, pe- people are desperate for a hero. They're desperate for someone to come in and just yeah. lighten up Loftus Road. And the goals he's scoring at Wickham and that, you go, bloody hell, get him back. And like, yeah. doing the same thing with Alice Chair at the moment. You know, it's all these things that we're doing. And then they come back and they're going... He's going for three. Yeah. No, this is not the same player. But that's the problem of the modern media age. That Over, so much, so, yeah, but so much is now seen where it wasn't seen before. You might have just read a report saying someone's doing okay. Now you see got, things. But he should never have got the number ten shirt. Not because. No, but the ten shirt has to be. Someone has to wear it. Someone has to. Yeah. Tar- we did tar- rest it one year, didn't we? Yeah. I would rest it until you got. No, but that. But then I don't think you can it's too mm. long ago since those times you know Sammy Kuyu once wore it unfortunately mm. yeah, quite right. but Leroy Fur. <laughs> yeah. right. Fur so the point is someone has to wear you 10 you kind of pissed on my point there Joe mm. at Sorry. least at least with Eze <laughs> win, wearing it it's someone don't, that you really believe Santos in wore it once mm. yeah well no Sammy Kuyu's always a good one to say send him on a video you know when I'm thinking of Eze though for some reason my head keeps going to the home game against Mill where Cameron basically camped himself on the halfway line and you could see him throughout that game going to Eze get forward get mm. forward uh, Cameron would get the ball he'd pass it to Milongo or and whoever else who would then pass it to Eze Eze was doing that little gap from like the edge of the centre circle to the edge of the box yeah. and he tore him a new one mm. but that's where he's supposed to be yeah literally since, that after, is his where yeah, he's got to be he should not what he's been doing since Christmas He's the poor bugger dropping deep to take it from the two centre-backs. Well, then you end up in that... Do you remember how Jimmy Hasselbank, uh, Floyd Hasselbank, built it all, thought he had to build it all around to on Sherry? Yeah. And you'd find Sherry back and near the dugout mm. or back somewhere and you go, well, you're not going to carry the ball 40 yards from there. Mm. Yeah. So then the, the point about Eze, Eze will create danger where you say yeah. from, the, from, the cent, from the circle of the centre-half to the penalty box yeah. there. But Everyone it, compares him to Tarrat. No. Well, no, no, but no. no, no yeah. As in his effect on the game. When he yeah. was up to it, he's yeah. and like Warnock did with Tarat. He turned around and told Clint Hill and Sean Derry, do not pass it to him in your no. own half. Yeah. But we Lump play too deep. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's at that time, under Warnock with Tarat and Sean Derry, who sat there on the halfway line and said to him, I'll go off up the other end. And that's what we did. Cameron was doing that with um, Eze in that run we had before Christmas, mm. where you could see him telling him to get forward. And one thing we have not had since Derry and Kintyll is leaders. Mm. He's somebody with a mouth on that pitch. 
you know, a newer led by example. No, give me Stuart. He always led by example. He'd always put his head in. He'd chase everything down. I like Nedham. But mm. you didn't have that person in the pitch mm. or on the pitch even who would turn around and go, get the fuck up the other end. Mm. You shut up. You do that. You do that. There's not that. There has mm. not been that. And we've and not had that on the bench either. You're, you're, you're right, Ross. And, and we go a goal down and the heads... Yeah, the heads are gone. Arguing. The heads are gone yeah. straight away. But also, we talk ourselves down too much. I know I keep saying this week after week, but it's always like, well, we're just going to try and avoid relegation. We're just going. Our wage bill and the players we brought are not avoiding relegation players. The squad's no. still no, good but January, but I, I January first when we were at Villa Park, yeah, yeah, no yeah. one was talking about that. No, no one. No, you came away from Villa Park going. Hang on, can we go to Sheffield United and get something? Yeah. And then from there, we knew that Sheffield United away was the acid test of whether we could be pushing towards the playoffs or not. And after that, you kind of thought, hang on, we're probably a top 10 team, not a team for the playoffs. But you weren't thinking, hang on, we're going to be in this situation where we've only picked up six points from January 1st. Well, so but it's that as well. It's March has been a real shock to everyone because in February everyone stuck with it, going, "We've been a bit unlucky yeah. there." And after the Leeds game at home, where Freeman had such a great game, mm. you never saw what was going to happen at Brentford, and then follow it up with the Bolton and the Rotherham's at home. Yeah, and Stoke and Stoke. Oh, well, Stoke. No, but the worst thing that could ever happen to QPR is for the opposing team to go down to ten men. Yeah, I've been going down to Rangers <laughs> for 33 years. I was chatting to the guy who lost it next to And the only game we can recall where we've played half decent football when playing against 10 men was Everton. Mm. What about Birmingham? Like, oh, no, we, no, we had one sent off, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Luke, Luke was the idea of sending yeah, off. But we get a player sent off against us and we switch off. We yeah. always have done. Yeah, but I thought he should have made a substitution straight yeah. away within a few minutes. But again, it's like, it's like we, get a call, we get a throw in. We are the only team that get a throw in and stand still. Yeah. Have done forever. Jerry Under the Jerry Francis team, the Don Howe yeah. team, mm. go back all the way. We get a throw in, every bugger it stands just still. It just takes too long. Yeah. It takes far it's too like, long. You can see the ref holding his hand out, yeah. pointing at his watch. Yeah. You know, speed it up. You think it's, we're still it's, losing? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just yeah. how we do it. It goes on and on. Yeah. Like, okay. We were screaming last season for our... People were complaining. We all did. About the naivety of the team. When we were in winning positions... Mm. And we then turn around and we were taking quick goal kicks, quick free kicks. It's like, no, take your time. But this season, we've taken it to the extreme. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We also had our, press, our good Preston, our gamesmanship and yeah. all that. We've tried doing that, but we've gone too far Preston, the other way. Preston, Preston down the bush, that, 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 was, that was something else. There was, what, six minutes to play and they're 4-1 up and they've gone into the corner yeah. to waste time. They would have got a fifth. Yeah. They would have definitely got a fifth, but they're wasting time. They're 4-1 up at yeah. Loftus Road. That, What's that all about? That's, that's, that's instruction to... In the, but also, the they got yeah. that gobby little shit in the midfield who was just winding everybody up, which is what... Well, that's what you want, though. But we, exactly. You, want. you know, we call it... You, you call it gamesmanship. I call it cheating. And they're, they're the masters at it. And we can't... To be fair, though, we didn't help ourselves up there because we played a Poland again. That this is the, the other point is, right, we're going into this bit of the season. Now, last week I was on here and I was like, huh, we're not going to get relegated, no chance, because... I, I was like that. Saturday, I shat myself. Hmm. I'll be brutally honest with you. And now it's kind of like, you're thinking it only takes another weekend to freak results. Like, 
Um, Birmingham probably out of it now a little bit and stuff like that. We only need Rotherham to pick up two wins, and we are seriously in the shit. Rotherham won three of their last six. Yeah. So yeah. the reality is, I think we need at least six points. Yeah. But got, six points would be reasonable. So you're obviously yeah. thinking Blackburn and it, Forest at home. Well, don't, yeah. and Swan, no, from Blackburn, Swansea, and Forest at home. I don't, I don't think anybody Swansea. Last time I thought we'd have them, they'd be No, home. but it's, it's those. Those are the ones. Obviously, yeah. if they, life is you, desperate, it you're goes right, to Kev, the, They're the ones we have to target. I mean, tomorrow night, Rotherham are playing home to Villa. I can see them. Now they're five points behind us. I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to lose tomorrow night. I, I you don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. No. Yeah, but you've got to go there and back. You've got to go there and go toe to toe, haven't you? Yeah, you're right, Kev. But have we got the players to no. do that? Half the half the players don't even know if they're going to be at Loftus Road next Joe's season. I think Joe's hitting the point there. When so you the other Saturday, the, no, Saturday wasn't there? It's like eight of the team that played Saturday. The first the, the, the QBR players goals. don't know if they're going to be there. The lone players I don't think they, they give a be, shit they, anymore. They will be here anyway. Angel. Yeah, he's a QPR player at the moment. Is he going to be at Loftus Road? So the mm. the players that are there, and the manager as well, John Eustace. You know, I'm surprised he stayed on. Actually, normally when you get rid of a manager, you get rid of the whole team. It's well, Bowen Bowen took over, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but that when... was only because they knew they were bringing in a manager straight mm. away. This time they were. I think the what the point Joe makes though is right about out of contract players and loan players is how many do you how many of them do you play? In a team, in a team. Well, you know, How many of them the want that, it, Kev? Yeah, How that, many that, you can trust, it? that you can trust to play. It's also dead money as well because you, you know, you're paying all that money. You're paying, you're going to be paying a loan fee, an agreement mm. fee. You're paying the wages, and at the end of the day, they go away, and that's it. And you're left with a massive bill. And um, let's face it, we're no further on than what we were last season. It's no. a bit like taking a loan out for a holiday. Mm. with loan players, but no, no, because, because you, you've got you only have the memories. You've got. It's not like you've taken a loan out for a car and your car's outside. Mm. The next year, all you've got is your memories. Yeah, the way we're we for two weeks. <laughs> no QPR. We own a lower line, but we're probably still big with three five B. But the strange thing was last season, we wanted loan players in. We wanted the kid from Southampton, the striker, mm. who oh Gallagher to Birmingham for sixteen thousand a week. Yeah, on an astronomical fee. But the big thing was we're not paying over loan fees. Teams, we're not taking... We wanted some kid from Liverpool. And no, Liverpool want £4 million to sign him or for us to have him on loan and whatever. And then all of a sudden, we go out and sign Cameron, Hemed and Wells. All on premiership wages. Yeah. They said there were no loan fees. They said. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the wages aren't asking No, but it doesn't mean... But like I said before, it doesn't... We don't know what percentage of the wages we're paying. I would be surprised if we're paying them less than what the, the wages are. We might not pay the loan fees, but I'm normally, sure we're you, the normally, if you, if you don't pay a fee, because normally you, you pay a fee, which would then let you pay like twenty percent. Mm. Normally, if you're doing, if you're not paying a fee for the loan, you're then taking on a lot still, of the wages. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point not, of it. I'm not spouting club propaganda. It's just a point. They kept it's, saying it's, that the whole thing changed yeah. once the window shut, and it then became a realistic proposition. Well, the thing McLaren said to us, we met at the start of the season, we did the podcast, was the squad that we have at the start of the season is going to be the squad that we end with. Mm. So I think then they start the season, Jittery goes to Fernandez, like, I know you've given me this remit, but it ain't going to work. I need to bring some experienced players in. We bring the experienced players in, we start doing well, and then we'll start thinking. Because we haven't mourned about it. The trouble is, it's like everything in life, isn't it? 
We don't moan about wages when we're nearly hitting the top ten. We could have the playoffs. We're winning games. Don't give a shit. Anyone at Forest give a shit what Naki Wells is on? No, no, they, no. They don't. no. Um, and players want to play. Now, as soon as you start losing, players get injured. They start getting niggles, and everyone starts going, "How much are you paying him for that? How much are you doing this?" And everything becomes more toxified, and we all become then stuck in our little um, trenches. And I'm kind of thinking the most worrying about this is I'm seeing QPR fans argue with each other all the time now at games and. I don't like saying that. We know, you know. I don't bear no malice towards Norwich apart from seventy six. But on Saturday, you know, you know they're going up for a play to them. You know, you can't you can't begrudge teams that because we did it. You know, we you know. The Norwich are fantastic side. Yeah, and well, clubs run properly. Yeah, but somebody made transfer. The, somebody made the point. Uh, I think it was on the radio um, last week. After five six games of the season. They wanted the manager sacked. Because hmm. he was, he was, they, he was they were bottom of the table. Well, no, that was, the bottom. That was a key out. game, that game at our place where they won. Yeah. yeah it, it was, was a very yeah. dour yeah, game. But you, you could see that they had something about but them, though. That's why it's we a plan. But it's also a plan. They stick to it. You, you, if All we keep hearing is, is that we've got this plan. We're appointing this bloke to run this plan, to do this plan, blah, 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 plan, plan, plan. If you're going to appoint somebody in charge to do something and to change something... You got to stick with them. Whether you go down or go up or go down, you got to stick with them. Look what um, Burnley have done. Yeah, you know, exactly. Look, Sean Dice. Yeah. Lee Hughes came from Burnley. Mm. I thought when he came in, the whole point of him coming in was that he was coming from a club that are the equivalent of QPR. Yeah. You know, gate fees are the you know the crowds are the same, incomes the same, all pretty similar. They had a couple of seasons where they went up, and they come down, they did the old boing boing bit. I thought, right, he's going to come in, he's going to sort us out. But there is interference coming in from above him. Yeah. Well, that leads back to the thing of mm. when just Tony's picks come into play. Well, exactly. It's, it's, they would say it's justified panic, but I would love the board to step away, let Les and Lee Hughes get on with it, let them pick and fall on their own swords. Because at the moment, we don't know whose swords everyone's fallen on. But if, say, for example, just out of hyperbole, just come up with an example, that Les was allowed to chip choose Tim Sherwood so be it mm. that's okay but the, the problem with it is that he's going to start with less credit in the bank from the fact that a certain percentage of supporters will think hang on that's, that doesn't seem a right appointment certain I think, I think it's put everyone in Saturday no one wanted Sherwood yeah no yeah. I, 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 was, think, I was couching it no, carefully yeah. but it's uh, but then if that's his choice then that's his yeah, choice yeah no but as long as I don't think he'll come to QPR no, anyway no. I think it's too big it's too big a risk he's got no insurance there whatsoever it didn't last long though no and that was and he was direct he was so called director of football whatever that job is so then what about I, don't, I, I don't think he'll come I, I really don't I, don't. Well, I think he's done like Appleton or <laughs> but it's what do we know about Appleton what do we actually know about him right I had to look at this just to try and figure so out why. manager, was he? Right. So he's taken some bad jobs previously, <laughs> like Portsmouth, as Joe said, Oxford. when they were in a bad situation. Oxford's interesting. He done well. Because at Oxford, he had, he walked through some good young players in Kimar Roof mm. and Callum Adaldra, yep. whether they were, where they were signed. Well, yeah, obviously Adaldra. He was something else. Adaldra yeah. obviously came from Ireland. And Ben, so from that point of view, he... They, they went up second and they were eighth the next year in, in Division 3 and Ben in Division, sorry, Division 1. So from that point of view, he was successful, what was, but he took over a stable club because Chris Wilder left Oxford mm. 
to go to, yeah. to go to no, no to go to not 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 to Northampton. Yeah. Because of the contract he was offered, I was working in Bristol at the time. I just watched Bristol Rovers, and they were playing Oxford. And I go, how comes he's leaving to go to Northampton? He was getting a three-year deal at one hundred seventy-five thousand a year because the ex-chairman of Oxford had gone to Northampton. So that oh, okay. was the connection. Mm. So then Appleton actually took over quite a stable club in that summer because Waddock was there for a small period of time. So from that point of view, he, he took Oxford probably as far as he could before they started selling. And then he chose to go to Leicester as number two to, Apple, to Craig Shakespeare. Yeah. Which I don't know whether that he wants to step back from a time to be a manager or he thought it might improve his profile being the number two and he was also at a, at, a, at a Premiership club that had won the title. So it's a strange one. He was one number that, two to Puel as well, wasn't he? So, yeah, oh, cool. So, so for Nelson's oh, a strange cool. one. Just he he certain situation at what at Oxford, but he did end up with Kemar Roof. Doesn't mean you're mm. going to find a Kemar Roof every day. Mm. No, and he's also built a reputation on being a coach. Yes, which is a McLaren. But you know, to me, Appleton is like Shakespeare and. Um, uh, Adrian Boothroyd. They're, they're there today and they're gone tomorrow. Yeah. No, no one remembers them. I don't, I don't know what route, I don't know what route QPR have to go down. Do we, do we go down the Gigi Di Canio route? No, nobody knew That's him. That's what I was going to say. It's, no one knew that, him when he came in. It was like, who the hell's that? Yeah. And he did brilliant for us, especially as, as my wife said, you know, if the game lasts 80 minutes, QPR would have, <laughs> QPR would have won the league under GG. Yeah, they just lacked that fitness, but geez, yeah. it was good but football. It's, it's, it's interesting. So the, the moment, right? Sherwood, Appleton, uh, the, the guy from um, France, everyone seems to Yeah, the Portuguese bloke. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone likes second division. But yeah. they, don't, they, don't, they don't score many goals. When you look at it, a lot of 1-0 okay. wins. So you kind of think, that they're the three in it, and then today we hear... I was say, who's the one to, there was two today, weren't there? Yeah, um, there was uh, Pearson and... Nigel Pearson. Yeah, He's prickly. Uh, oh, the other one was the other one was it. Steve Cottrell, yeah, who yeah. coached the Rangers. Oh, Steve Cottrell, in his mind, is probably the best manager ever lived. Yeah. So then, so then, from that point, do you, I presume people would think that Kenny Jacket would be out of reach. At I don't Portsmouth. think he is. I don't think he is. I think right. it's, a, it's a route we need to go down. So then, Ainsworth. What do people think of that one? They don't want. It's Another a hard number. Another legend to kill. The um, problem. The problem with Gareth Ainsworth is everybody loves him. And we don't want him to drink out of the poison chalice. No. But that, he's, been, he's that, been at Rangers a lot this season, doing comms and, and, and things like that there as well. Right. So. Yeah, but so was McLaren. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Mm. Like, you know, and what about Paul Warren? An interesting one. Well, I'll tell you what, that was a great idea because it derails them brilliantly. <laughs> and um, we speak to them. And if, if you don't even get him, in fact, we might lose him some points. I don't know. I, do you know what? But is there also a case of maybe going for down the road of like getting someone like, oh, God... Um, Ramsey, Bircham, who already more or less there, who will do the job reasonably cheap, I would have thought, well, I don't know what the wages are, and just limp to the end of the season and then take your time and see who's available during the next few months. I agree. I'd have have put Chris Ramsey back up there. That would have been my first idea as well. Well, Bircham up in the squad last year. Ramsey Mm. knows the young players. Mm. Uh, Paul Hall knows the young players. Um, and I'm not saying this is going to work and I'm not for one second saying no, yeah, but it can't do any worse it can't be any worse exactly because I get the feeling it can't be any worse nah. the Eustace is kind of he's, 
He's he's looking at the door, isn't he? He's looking at the exit. Of course exit. he is. He's and waiting he, for the act. Yeah, so. it, it, it's falling. You know, I mean, I, I personally, I think the man wants to get out because it's well, the whole place stinks. Wouldn't you? Oh, <laughs> absolutely, all day long. Yeah, but also what we all do, day long. What we do need to do now, you know, this, people are going to probably shout at me for saying this, but that makes no difference. We need to cut down on things. Because I looked at our bench this season compared to everyone else's bench, and the amount of people we've got on the bench is just ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's almost like we've got lodges that haven't left. Well, no, you're not counting the ones upstairs in South Africa Road mm. doing mm. the analysis. I know, it's mad. It's not only that, I mean, when you looked at the Bolton bench and those lads, Bless hadn't, yeah. they haven't been paid. Yeah. You know, it, it's been said, uh, it's not just me, me saying this, but they haven't been paid and they pissed all over us. I know Clive is George, because I think he's exactly what we need. He may not get you many goals, but he'll ram the shit out of anyone that runs in front of him. And he's, yeah. uh, Who's that? Joyce McGuinness. I know Clive was slaughtering him, but I think... The big lump up front for Bolton. Well, no, I mean, he was, that's he was all good. That's championship. I mean, the thing is, that's what we need. We need Fed, not saying him, but of that ilk. We need the good lower leagues, find a goal score. We, we basically <coughs> need to find what every other team in this bloody division looks for time and time yeah. and time again. But we also need to turn around and go, we're not looking for players to get promoted. We need to bring in some championship-level players to get us challenging for the playoffs to start to build, which is what we keep being told. I think we need to because if you start going, season. yeah, but if you start going, you know, a lot of our supporters because there's no there is no patience at the club. But there's the, no patience from the top. People are to used people to being sixteen. No, point. but there's no patience from the chairman all the way down to us lot sitting in the stand. I don't think I think the, the fans have been quite patient no. because through February certainly with McLaren I thought we were ever so patient yeah through McLaren. February there was no problem at all with the run everyone saw they were playing reasonably well a bit unlucky it was March that the wheels yeah, came off the car as soon as it starts to turn it, same, it did with Holloway my, my, my fear you had Holloway's bit was always it was in Holloway so he was able to get a bit but last season where I sit which is KU you had people sitting there who well, they piss everybody off because they expect us, to, if we were 8 0 up against bleeding Barcelona, they'd yeah, still yeah. frigging mind. Yeah, there's loads of people like that, though. Yeah. But, you yeah. sit there, but that is, and especially the old keyboard warriors, mm. they are very much, that is their thing. We're going to moan. We could beat Barcelona 10 0, Real Madrid 16 0 in a Champions League final, and, that, and they would still not be happy. But it's like with QPR. We have an average attendance of what fourteen thousand. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, <clears throat> we're in a. We love it, but it's a shit stadium. When you compare it to the other stadiums, that the other stadiums in the league, it's a shit stadium. And, but we need to get back to what we do, and we need to have patience. We need to turn around and go like we did when we went down before. When we went down to League One before, mm. we turn around. And we turn around and wrote it off, mm. suck it in. We're just going to wish it and start again. That was great credit to Holloway, though. He yeah. managed no. to unite everyone. But, I think but that's, that's what you need. Yeah. The, the trouble is the fan base was united then. But that was patience. And then yeah. various factions happened after that yeah. with yeah. other things. Yeah. But I think the other thing is we probably we need to cut down our squad size. That's one of the things. We need that's to cut our expectations. I think the board needs to stop talking the club down. The fans... As a fan, I think we're happy in peace. I think we've, we've certainly stuck by it. But I have a horrible feeling, Russell, I'll be honest with you, like next season, I think a lot of people are going to walk. Yeah, no. Mm. Being really honest, fear that. I've said it for about the last, I don't know, five years, six years, I ain't getting a season ticket. I ain't getting a season ticket. And then it gets to like the I've renewal, renewed. yeah, the renewal <laughs> deadline day, and you're like, I've renewed already. Yeah, so it gets to the renewal yeah. deadline day, and you're like, bollocks. 
The yeah. trouble I is, need something to moan about on a Saturday night. The mm. trouble is, it's such an easy habit to get out yeah. of. A lot of people I know who sort of went, oh, I can miss the old game. They never came back. Mm. No, but it was, I, you know, I know loads of people who... I don't blame people for not no. going now. I mean, on Saturday we had, what, 767 or something. Away. Very low for Norwich away. Even you know, we, kick off. Yeah, we'd, we'd fill the allocation there, but I, I don't... It's not a competition who no. goes to see QPR the most. It's not a... Yeah, but I don't blame anyone for not going. You, you take a couple of ankle biters with you, you know. You, 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 that's a lot of money for well, a working class person. Well, I've got my mate today, got my mate two tickets. He's, he's a QPR fan. Mm. Don't go because he plays rugby on a Saturday. But I've got him two tickets for the Forest game, sitting here as he rode. 33 quid each. Yeah, outrageous. Too much. It's outrageous. Like, sit, this, sit 33 no, quid each to have your blood, um, you know, to have the blood to your feet cut off by yeah. half time, which is why we all stand up. It's you know, it's the one season that I've not had a season ticket in the last twenty years was the season we got promoted under Warnock, yeah. and then yeah. I went to actually more games that season mm. than I did when I had my season ticket. Mm. And it's, I do. yeah, it's just you sit there going, I ain't going, I ain't going. This is shit. I can't deal with this for another season. I'm a miserable bastard. I on think a Saturday night. I think the problem as well is when you look at Loftus Road and as you say, Ross, it's old, it's dilapidated, but it's you know it's our dilapidated. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely it's beautiful in its own way I'd rather have that than these still this horrible disgusting new grounds but the fact of the matter is um, we keep looking at West Ham Spurs Arsenal at the fantastic stadiums they've got we're working we're, we're in the community we're working class people that, that, that's all prawn sandwich in my book and I know that's the way it's going I mean for me as a kid I would go to QPR as a 13, 14 year old and the match day experience for me was getting in Loftus Road and getting in the kids' pen down the front. Yeah, all the that mums, was it. All the mums standing there in the line. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I went but down. Now, but now you look at the kids in there now, and I've been pulled up about it. Half of them ain't watching the game because they've got a mobile phone in there, yeah. and they're texting their mate in Tunbridge Wells. They've got a burger in the other hand, and they're looking at the big scoreboard. Yeah. I can't even see it from where I sit in LU. Yeah, but it's I like... Can, my, my son, he's three. He's QPR, whether he likes it or not. If you start supporting anyone else, he's going to boarding school. <laughs> he ain't going to get a choice in it. But I've had this discussion with the other half. I am not taking him to QPR until he's old enough to sit there. Although Grenfell, the game for Grenfell, he loved. Because mm. there was so much going on. That was, that was extra But he loved that. He sat there for an hour yeah. until he realised he could get up. No, at the okay. time he was two yeah. as soon as he could realise he could go for a walk or go off somewhere he went but I would rather not to QPR but for football league I would rather take a little kid near me where I sit in KU there's some little kids where the dads turn up and they're there for half an hour he spent yeah. 800 quid on a season ticket and you sit there for 30 minutes you're like why? I know it's like, they're, too prefer, they're too young. Yeah, too young. You've got to take me some to non-league and yeah. then build, yeah. build it up. Yeah. To go to Woking where you're spending yeah. 10, 15 quid, if you last 30 minutes, you couldn't give a rat's ass. Yeah. I took Lily to a friendly when she was six months old. It was the best game she ever seen. Yeah, well, Charlie's <laughs> been... Charlie's been uh, yeah, say, Grenfell. I think I took him to the Bournemouth yeah. game. You want the, kids, I, you want the kids to... to, to to wear the hoops. You want, you want to see him there. Give him some pride. Yeah, yeah, you want to see him there, but I, too many people bring their kids that are too... I've, I've got nothing against... I, I, I love kids. I've got a little godson. He's coming up to three years old. He loves football, blah, blah. But you bring him to a professional football match and sit him in... The kids want to run around. Yeah. 
They want to run around and do kid things. They don't want to watch fucking no. QPR <laughs> getting, no. and all these blokes going, you bastards. Yeah, think, but the, uh, the whole point of having a... When we're, sorry, mate. All right, when I was started coming down, the family section, being highly clever as it was, was next to our block. Mm. Was the family section. Mm. So you went in there and that was up to 16-year-olds. So you're getting all the QPR songs in one ear. You're hearing swearing and various bad words for the first time yeah. and that but it made it but like my dad didn't take me till I was I mean it was like nine ten because he knew I wasn't going to sit he took me to other grounds where you got the, dirt, the cheaper tickets and stuff but you go to it to enjoy it coming in today got off the train at Waterloo there's Tottenham fans going to the Champions League game tonight mm-hmm. There was a dad with his son. His son, I don't know, was about 10, 11. You could see him buzzing. The excitement. He yeah. was vibrating with yeah. excitement. Right age. Yeah. Perfectly. Right First age. time to the ground. And you're sitting there going, I saw him. And I thought, I remember feeling like that. Yeah. And then I thought, yeah, I remember feeling like that. And that was over 30 years ago. And the only other time I've probably felt like that is the playoff finals. I don't know. I think... I think I but think... It's, that, it's getting that... I don't think this is easy. That's it. It's not I was taken to Glen Torn since I was three and, um, you know, got bottled by Linfield fans and everything. It was a great introduction to football. But if there's a buzz, there's an environment where you want to belong. There's mm-hmm. an environment where you, you feel part of it. There's an environment. The, the trouble is, but we've, and we talk about this a lot of the time, the family stand and everything else, is it's just for some reason not working and it doesn't help that the team are shade. Yeah, you know, that, 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 that is the issue. thing. I mean, it's hard enough. We've gone full circle now because, as Kev said, you know, would you be worried about what Naki Wells is earning if he was scoring two goals every game and Rangers were winning three one, four one? No, I couldn't give a toss then. You, you wouldn't give a but monkeys, that's and that's what it's about. I think with the Warnock thing is like you, all you remember of that season was everyone's oh, you know these Warnock teams that don't play football. Mm. I that was one of the best football on QPR sides I've seen for a long time. He changed the whole thing. It was, a, it was a unique thing to be in. And the buzz at Watford and Gondi's groans and everything else yeah. when it actually happened, the tears are flowing down everyone's faces because it was a long time in the wilderness. And this time feels so different because we, we're kind of... We've wasted, wasted three great chances. The game... I mean, we could talk about this all night long and we, and we can't, but the game at Loftus Road against Leicester when Ishmael Miller went through in the last... Oh, that was a massive minutes. goal. Yeah. Wow, that was the day I thought. That's I mean, it. Yeah. that that was that was just ecstasy mm. taken to another limit. Everyone was absolutely yeah. mental. But the other thing was, it was last game of the season against Leeds. Yeah, when was the last time you went to a game? Yeah, yeah. and you couldn't give a shit. Yeah, you know, you could not give a yeah. shit about the result. But we had all you were that. hammered before the game. Yeah. You were hammered during the game. You had the full on case as well. You were hammered yeah. after the game. You didn't care. But the thing is, it, it's it's kind of. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, listen, I've got a seventeen-year-old daughter, eighteen soon, heading on forty-five, um, and I've got to take her around universities. I've got, and like a couple of years ago, she would have said, "I'll I want to be near a train station so I can go see Rangers." She hasn't mentioned it. Now I'm not pushing it, mm. but it hurts that she hasn't mentioned it. She mm. least to go all the time with Rangers, and she hasn't. I'm saying to her, she come to the forest game and everything, I say, oh yeah, I look forward to that. She's finding other things to do on Saturdays and it's it's killing me because she's a QPR fan. Mm. But she's just saying, Dad, it's it's not great, is it? And I'm thinking, all right, you, and I, inside you say, well, you're not a proper QPR fan. But another bit of me saying, all she's seen for the last few years is 
Defeat, defeat, defeat. Like defeat. I say, we've been 16th for how long? Four years. Yeah, and yeah. It's, so, but it's going to have an effect, especially on people of that age. But and also, it's, it's not just 16th; it's 16th, and every season having a different plan. Yeah, you know, one yeah. season we're spending money on 30-year-old players to get us promoted. The next season we're using the kids. Next season we're getting players in to get us promoted. Next season we're consolidating to finishing the top half. It's sticking with a plan, getting us go. You know, he said. With Holloway, when we had that season where we got those couple of seasons in League One, we went down, we rebuilt, we got that feeling back. But well, we had a real shaky spell where Joe had to go and swim in the taxi. Yeah. But that period from January 2003 to the playoff final was one of the best periods I remember mm. watching yeah. QPR. But because the momentum was something yeah. else. But, but and the spent the whole time chasing us. What we had at the club was Holloway. I'm not saying bring him back because I don't think he should come back. But what we had was somebody who got the club. I'll tell you what you had as well. You had Kenny Jacket on his shoulder coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Down, he was a very well, good he was, holding the, he was holding no. the reins as well. He was well, holding the reins. Yeah. Because yeah. when Jacket went in 2004, oh, yeah. those last couple of months were... Oh, were hanging on. Six weeks were shaky. We had yeah. some home draws that were shaky. No, but to get the atmosphere back in the ground, we had somebody who got the club. Yeah. yeah but when you think when he took over... Was it last year or the year before? We had that spell where he first took over and the place was buzzing. But it seemed to be when he came back, I know we're going to wrap up soon, we're yeah. going to do other things, but it seemed to be this time he came back, he was, he, he was more intent than winding up the Millwall fans, uh, he was yeah. more intent no, no, than no, winding no, up the fans. I'm not saying he's... But that's what I mean, he was, he was using his energy in a negative way, yeah. whereas before he used it as a positive yeah. I thought that was his, de- I thought that was his death warrant, uh, uh, yeah. Carl Blaine yeah. Lane. Yeah, oh, called. that was, that yeah. was, yeah. because on, you're the lead, as a manager, Awful. you're the leader of a football club, yeah. and now with social media and everyone can see mm. that action, if a supporter had done that that night, they might have got a banning order. But the problem you had last time with Holloway was you had him and Bircham, who were two similar characters, and you didn't have the Kenny Jacket effect of saying, yeah, Sit down and shut up. Because how many times did you sit there watching the game and you're seeing Holloway and Bertram standing on the touchline yeah. shouting at a player? One's telling him to go to up for, upfield. The other one's going to go back. And the player's going, where? What do I do? The, problem, mm. the problems we have, everything's on the park and comes from upstairs. But yeah. there's an awful lot of good stuff going on at QPR, like Andy Evans, what he's doing yeah. in the community. It's brilliant. Andy Sinton as club ambassador. Yeah. Uh, you've got but it's- Jen- Jenny Elliott in the box. Uh, no, it's... Yeah. Uh, Lawrence now, Jen, and uh, Fra- still there, she's still good. yeah, Francis Atkinson in the club shop. There, there's an awful lot of people at QPR that are pulling their weight. They're doing Julie what Newman's they- excellent. Sorry, Julie Newman's excellent. Yeah, it's quite yeah, a- Julie. Yeah, is- Jade, Colin in the box office as well. The thing is, look, there's, a, there's a lot of people. Yeah. And I, the thing is, I go back to Fernandez. I don't think he's evil, but I think no, he he's, needs- he's, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not in the mix of bad shows. Ross hit the nail on the head. The man's naive. Yeah, the person that should, should be bringing the QPR feeling back to QPR is Ferdinand. Ferdinand is still Celeste hmm. to all of us. He's still that mythical figure that we had hmm. up front. He should be the figurehead of the board. It's so me. hard to hear the hmm. criti- criticism aimed at Les. No. It's justified, <laughs> yeah. but I find it but really he should, hard. He to... should be the figurehead. He yes, should be, he should. He, it's like... Thing reports are saying McLaren and Holloway were Ian Taylor and Tony Fernandez's appointments. Mm. Whereas Ferdinand wanted somebody else. No, I'm just saying that. Mm. But Ferdinand was wanted other people. 
let Ferdinand run the club. He gets the club. He gets what we should be doing. I think. I think the thing is that if they allow, if they allow him have his choice this time, that'd be fine. Then, because of the length of time, yeah. it will probably. If, if it doesn't work too well and it was quick, it probably would be. The, it might be the yeah, end. There's animosity there. He's. There's not a lot of the, the good. The problem is he's not carrying a big bank's balance and his credit at the moment. Yeah. I think. I think what well, well, if you'd have done. Sorry, mate. If you'd have done Tim Sherwood. Yes. After Redknapp went, so yeah. Yeah. when Ferdinand got the job, he'd have bought in the crunches. <clears throat> there'd have been all the whinging about, oh, we're bringing the Spurs triumvirate and blah blah blah. But it would have come in. You've got three people there who worked at Spurs with the kids, then worked at the first team for a caretaker period to do a job. But they would have carried on what we're now saying. We've been saying for fuck's sake knows how long. Yeah. But then the point is also on that point, if he doesn't get to say. Uh, make his decision this time as director of football he might have a decision to make too. I think he has yeah, to I, think I would the, do I think the decision is that he needs to stand up and say him and Lee Hughes have made a decision doesn't matter what mm. Tony or um, Jamie or whoever else, else is on yeah. I think that's ribbon. one of the things he's ca- like there's negative there's been negatives and there's been things that you'd like to know the answers to that he hasn't Felt in a position to speak he out, needs to or, come out. Sa- or say, and he so can't do it. He came in the podcast. He can, and so, from that point of view, yeah. I think the point is he has to step forward and say what how things should be, take a more active role in that way of being a vocal voice. Yeah, because he's done it for the off the field stuff, the community stuff, the Grenfell stuff. He's got involved in that because he gets. Well, no, but I mean, obviously, he he grew up around it. <coughs> yeah, so no, that's yeah. a massive. But that's thing. why he gets. I think, I think well, he, he commo- should be putting that. Yeah. To- and he commands respect, maybe not at the moment, but you know, yeah. Les can- in the club, it's it, it's just it, it, yeah. it's a dream to me. It's a dream having Les but Ferdinand there. You think we go back twenty years? It was Rodney Marsh was coming in, mm. and everybody was like, "Yes, Rodney Marsh is coming in, legend." Blah blah blah. Mm. It's you if you bring. Somebody like that was uh, what's his face? The but that chairman. was a very dangerous situation. No, but that was um, Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, because he brought Marsh back. That was all in the water with him and Jerry, though, wasn't yeah. it? No, you know, but just didn't Thompson's, mix at no, all. He was got, pissing the right, we've off. got to come back to the modern world. Sadly, and I hate it because I hate oyster cars, I hate everything. But never mind, we're in it. Um, it's gone past that now. It's contactless. Yeah. Don't even start me in that <laughs> nonsense. I feel like I'm being scanned by a computer, whatever I do. Predictions. We're going to do it differently today. Right. Um, we're going to do predictions and we're going to do our R's end. But our R's end, I should say, not my stupid accent. Predictions for new manager and for the next two results. Predictions for the new manager. Oh, my God. Silence doesn't work on radio. I think... No. Sorry, no, don't work. I'll go with Michael Appleton. I think they okay. can go for... And tomorrow night and Saturday? I don't, I, I don't think we'll get anything tomorrow night. Okay. Unfortunately, I think we can win on Saturday. Okay. I think the home games are, are, the, are, the, are the key. But we have to get in front in our game. Uh, so the problem is we've been chasing recently at home. And conceding way too easy. Joe? I. So long as it's not John Terry. Oi, wash your mouth out. Yes. I will definitely have my season ticket in yeah. and walk out the door if that ever happens. Um, it's not that I don't care, but I'm not bothered anymore. Really? Yeah, I, I'm just not bothered. I. I I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. When McLaren got the sack, there was no tears in our house. Um, so I don't care. 
I, I, I honestly, honestly do not care who comes in. Okay. I will support whoever comes in. That, that's as far as I'll go. I'll, I'll give John Eustace my support tomorrow night and for however long he's at QPR. And uh, it's not his fault. Uh, but I don't care. As for the, the next two games, Millwall tomorrow night, I just... I think the game's too big for... They need the points. We need the points. I think the game's too big for the players that we've actually got at the moment with all the shit that's going on at QPR. Saturday, we might... I don't know. We might get a point. Mm. That's as far as I can go, really. I can't... No, I just don't know. Sad to hear, Joe. Russ? My one. Well, manager, I can see it being Appleton or Sherwood. Um, but like Joe, I don't care. I'm beyond. You know, mm. just I don't care anymore. There's been so many. I think Results. you do care, Ross. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoever it is, you just they're going to get. I support you know, them, when so. it comes to it. I support the shirt mm. and the badge. Mm. You know, it's managers and players come and go. I support the shirt and the badge. Result-wise, I think we will lose at Millwall, and then I think Saturday will be depending on who's in charge. I think if the new if a new person is in charge, I'm hoping we'll get at least a draw on Saturday. Oof, right. Saturday, we? I'll tell you what, if you haven't I'll the Samaritans is on your local form box and things like that there, but if you're a QPR fan they'll put you on the hold. Um <laughs> For me, management-wise, I'd like to go for either the, the, the lads at um, Lincoln or a jacket type. What, the Cowleys? Yeah. They're mad. I, I know, but they were, they were stabilised. You won't like the football? No, I'm not liking it now. <laughs> um, and, um, not a lot of difference, really, is there? Also, as an outside shot, the guy at Aberdeen, uh, Derek yes, McInnes. Yes, no, McInnes I, is a good idea. I, 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 like, I like what he said at Aberdeen. It's, it's, what he's doing there is quite good. Um... But jacket would be top just to stabilise for a couple of seasons, and then we can do the dream again after we stabilise and stop leaking goals, which is good. Anyway, that's my opinion. I suppose it, if push came to shove, I'd go with Kenny. But a short term, I, I, I think the club would be better letting Peter go. Um, is Peter? What the hell's no, Peter? that was his John, dad. John, yeah. <laughs> do you know this is a thing with the age? It's a terrible thing. Anyway, let, letting him go mm. and. Because with him, he goes this McLaren. We can close the chapter mm. of McLaren mm. and maybe get the backroom staff that are there. We've got enough of them. Try and get some <laughs> management team, some structure to, to stable things, to, to limp to the end of the season, get through it, and then reassess, reanalyze. And this is the biggest appointment we've got to be making for a long time. We've got to get it right. It's not just give it to you. I hope, Am- I hope Amit's involved in this. I really, well, so do really, I, but then really hope at the same involved. time, is what I hope is that. You know, Lee Hughes and layers of football I, people, yeah. they've got to have the biggest say because they mm. know the game inside out. I think out. it's got, this time it's got to come down to uh, Les. Les and Lee Hughes. Let them decide, let them do it, the football people, let them get involved. And then if it goes wrong, people can then say, Les, you've had a chance. Lee, you've had a chance. We can, we can work on that one. The other thing, going from Millwall tomorrow night, I think we'll probably be in for a bit of a, a bad result. And I think on Saturday, I agree with you guys, a draw at this point. See what I did there without even trying. A, a draw would not be necessarily a bad thing; it would be a disaster. But if we lose both games, then and we get my, my my biggest fear is that there's going to be some more freak results during the course of the season, like there was Saturday, and we could really get us. Last week, as I say, I wasn't. I think oh, we've got tomorrow night. Be a big, it'd be a big buzz if Villa can turn over 
Rotherham. Yeah. But why, that, do, why do we that's always... What, that's, that is what we're looking at. Villa Unfortunately, that's the state of our club now. That is what we're looking and, and at. And do you know what really pisses me off, Joe? Is the last few seasons, all we were land on is three clubs being worse than us. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. not pride. Yeah. That's yeah, no, luck. No. Yeah, but it's bad news when you do have to actually look at who other teams are playing Soccer, for the rest it's of terrible. the season. Yeah. Terrible. And I don't want You're it to right, continue. <laughs> we want right. next season... I mean, my mate was telling me today, bless him, Alan, he's going over to the Crusaders... Um, Balaman or Irish Cup final, and he said to his lad, "Normally, he goes, well, you know, if he wants to go to Rangers, I'll, I'll bin it. I don't really mind that much." And I went, "No, we'll go to the Irish Cup final." Now he would have never said that, but that goes back to what we're saying before: kids, they want something to hang on to. They yeah. want, you know, and it's it's hard, and you know, it's, it's 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 so tricky. I just hope we can just get some hope, optimism, belief, and get the love flowing at Rangers again. We can all sit there and we're just calling each other twats on. Twitter for the right reasons and not because we're arguing over Les and Lee and who does this and who does that and whatever Red ours end Kevin ours end I just think the point is that this time the fans have to get behind the team regardless so it's just that in the home games especially the home games are going to be vital so just get behind the team whatever goes on and stick with it Hmm. Joe how long have we got on how long have we got left now Couple Jesus minutes. Christ, you haven't brought a book, have you? No. All right, just just go for it and we'll tell you if you've gone on too long. Well, we're good um, at this. I wanted to, I, want, I just wanted to reminisce a bit about um, an old QPR game from 1973. Would that be? No, you can crack on. Miss yeah. your eyes in, mate. Yeah. Um, we drew, it was uh, January 1973 and I was 17, I was a little boy. And we drew non-league Barnet in the FA Cup. And played them at Loftus Road. I'm aware of the area. Sorry? I'm aware of the area. You're aware of the area. <laughs> Unfortunately, I couldn't get to the game because I'd only been in full-time employment for about four months. I couldn't get a changeover. It was Saturday. And uh, Rangers drew nil-nil. Apparently, it was a lucky nil-nil. There's, I've not seen ever seen any footage of the game. So we get a replay. It was about four days later at Underhill. And I was made up because I could go it was a it was either a Tuesday or a Wednesday night and um so I went to I went to Underhill I didn't know where Barnet was my dad told me it was just south of Newcastle and I and and, and I bought it I bought it you know (laughs) so anyway um I found I found out that he was uh pulling my leg as they say anyway on the Tuesday or Wednesday night I went to I went to Underhill, and I have never, ever witnessed violence like I witnessed at Underhill that night. And I should have turned around. When I got out of the station about five o'clock in the evening, because the games used to kick off at half seven then, I got out of the station and there was carnage. There was cars turned... There were a car turned over. There was dustbins in the road. There was just rubble. And I, I couldn't work out what had gone on. And I walked down to the ground. It was about half five, I think, I got there. And I walked down to the ground. And the ground was heaving already. At half past five, quarter to six, it was heaving. And we, I went up. I saw Rangers fans up the other end. So I went up the other end. And it just kicked off. Mm. It, was, it was absolute carnage. It was, it, it was terrible. By half time, I think it was... I'm pretty sure it was nil-nil at half time. But the stuff that was getting slung in. And there was no police there either. I don't think they expected the crowd that there was. I think about 15 minutes into the second half, police reinforcements came in and I think Stan scored the first. I'm not sure he scored the second, but I saw the third go in. I never saw those two goals. 
through the fighting, the, the home end was getting taken and we were in there and we were out. It was, it was fearsome. Mancini scored from, I think, from a corner. But I actually started watching the game and a lump of concrete hit me in my side. And I had a black mark on my side for about a week. It came out afterwards, it was exactly the same. Got home that night, about half past 11 from Barnet. I was living with my mum and dad then in Kensal Green. And my dad was sat up waiting for me. He never did that. My dad never did that. And he said to me, where have you been tonight? And I said, I went to football. He said, all right. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, Rangers won. I I thought we'd won 2-0. We'd won 3-0. And he said, "Uh, what about the violence? And the fact of the matter, my dad knew about the violence because it was the first dong on the news at 10. Two police officers were taken to hospital. Absolute carnage. It's disgusting and, uh, you know, um, I'm not proud to say that I was there. I was proud to say that I was supporting QPR, but it was, at the, it was, it was awful. And we just don't want to see those days again. So that's my R's end, reminiscing about the FA Cup 1973. Different. Mm. Well done. Russ? Well, how could I follow that? Just to cheer everyone. <laughs> you should see Barnett after the kebab yeah. shut shut. I'll tell you these days. Well, ours end. Just let's get a new manager in in a sensible amount of time, decent appointment. Let the players actually start playing for something instead of looking half arsed and shit. And let's just try and finish the season with a smile. That's all. Just finish it with a smile mm. instead of turning the telly off at half time because it's shit and drinking more beer because it's shit and not giving a toss who the next manager is. Let's just mm. finish it with a smile, a bit of positivity. How many games have we got left? Eight? Seven. Seven? Seven, Eight. Yeah. Seven games left. Yeah. Let's just finish with a bit of positivity in the stands and on the pitch. Let's hope when we go to Sheffield Wednesday on the last day, you know, it's, it's sorted by then and, you know... We, we, we want to see QBR in the championship. Tigger can take it if it goes that far. Just to let everyone know that Joe and Russ are available for um, motivational speeches at um, your corporate <laughs> events. Any funeral, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> any, any bookers can be done via Twitter. Um, <laughs> by the way, talking of motivational speeches, don't forget the live pod we've got Ian Holloway, who, when we booked him, I didn't think we would... Um, it would, it would create the um, attention it has, but he's done some videos, he's done some interviews, and you think, oh, this is going to be a really interesting podcast and a live event, and it's going to we'll probably be there to three days afterwards, so <laughs> it'll be interesting. So I know you can still get in the waiting list if you go on the Twitter feed and follow us. My RZ is quite simple, really. Um, last week I said, stupidly, um, I was mocking things about fans on the board, just to put the record straight, that was me, not the podcast said that, and I'm always pro-fan ownership, always pro-fans on the board, I just think with the modern world and social media, whoever does it will probably need police protection, and um, could never go near a computer in their life, because it would be a thankless task, but I hope I'm wrong, and I hope if we if we ever do go down them roads, we get someone sensible, someone who knows what they're doing, someone who's also got a business head, who can, and also doesn't forget that they're a fan, and doesn't get taken over by the corporate side of things and, and um, hubnubbing with people. Anyway, and the other thing is, get to Millwall tomorrow, get to Rangers Saturday, because your club needs your people. It's as simple as that. Um, it's not I can't great. blame the fans for not going to Millwall. Yeah, but I, I really no, no, can't. No, that, not, that, not through fear or anything like that. It's, it's a locket, isn't it? 
you get locked in until at least 40 minutes after the game's over and it's, it's just a pain in the arse. I mean, I'm going. I'm, me and my wife are going. You're going, Paul. And it's, it's just a horrible... It, it's a horrible day out. It really is a horrible day out. Well, you know... Selling it. He's selling it. Yeah. He's doing well, I'll tell you. It would be a lot different if we had Neil Warnock and we were going, we were going for that league title. We were going for that league title, but we're not. We're at the other end, and it's all bollocks at the moment, and <laughs> basically that's it. So, on that note, I think I'm going to let Joe, Kevin and Ross go, and I just hope to God that we get our rages back at some point, in some form, in some shape. But one thing that will never change is it will always be QPR, and we will always be here. Come on, you ours. You ours. You ours. You ours. QPR. QPR. Come on,